Good evening to this night of music tonight. Uh, it's a little going to be a little different than what we had planned. We had a sick drummer, and so all our praise and worship music will we'll have to wait for another night for that. But we'd like to hear from you tonight. You'll join with the men in singing the old hymn, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Let's all stand together and sing When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Salvation, sweet song, well, ages roll. 
for our Lord who is our friend. He is our Savior and our Redeemer. I wrote this song several years ago, and uh, back then it was we put into a choir arrangement, and on the bridge we had a man named Dane Armstrong sing this section, and it says, and how I long for that celestial land where time will be no more. We offer our praises to the Lamb forevermore. When I step into eternity and I look upon your lovely face, how I'll thank you and praise you for your amazing grace. And Dane has stepped across in eternity and is praising our Savior tonight. I'll, I'll do the bridge tonight, but it won't be quite like Dane. But it won't be, even be Danish. It'll be uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, oh, spotless lamb,
Stand, please, and would you sing that chorus with me? Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. Let's sing that together. take your hymnals and when we were singing the quartet song I was supposed to tell you that we're going to take some favorites after this next song so if you know have a favorite hymn in the hymnal uh, let us know after we sing this song 497 497 I will praise him praise the lamb for sinners slain the first the third and the last verses When I saw the cleansing fountain open wide for all my sin, I obeyed the Spirit's wooing when He said, Wilt 
Does anyone have a favorite hymn tonight they'd like to sing? 342 Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself. I believe that's 147, 147, how great thou art. and great is thy faithfulness. 327 is the old rugged cross. And great is thy faithfulness, I think it's 139. Uh, let's just start with 327, the old rugged cross. Ready? 327. And then we'll sing a song that uh, I have selected um, that you might not know. But let's sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness. 
This is a worship course we have sung before here, but not many times. It's written by a man named Gary McSpadden, who passed away just a couple years ago. Um, Jesus, Jesus, Lord to me, Master, Savior, Prince of Peace. Let's sing it together. Thank you to Brother Nathan and to the men's choir and the quintet and the quartet. Didn't they do a good job? We appreciate the work they did. I have been uh, on that texting string, at least some of it, the texting string th this afternoon. So I know that Nathan's been working feverishly uh, to put things back together that had fallen apart because of illness. And we do want to pray for Jeff Black, who is sick. And we mentioned this morning, we want to continue to pray uh, for Gary as he recovers from uh, the amputation of his uh, lower leg. But I know that uh, they'll be back eventually, and we're very thankful for uh, them leading us. Let me just also tell you that what we're doing tonight is not our Easter program. 
They are all working on our Easter program, and that's yet to come as we get closer to Easter. But uh, tonight I want to take just a moment and have a time of worship here as we think about uh, our singing and uh, think about coming before God. I don't know if you've uh, seen it recently, uh, but in the last uh, week uh, there has been a revival that has been taking place at Asbury Seminary. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I've read some about it, uh, but I don't know a lot of details about it. It's not flashy. It's not something that, uh, you know, that they're manufacturing. Uh, I think they have a piano and a strum guitar when they sing music, so it's not any uh, kind of musically induced kind of a revival. It is mostly young people who are seeking God with all of their hearts, uh, young men and women who are preparing their lives to be used of God in some capacity that are uh, having a real revival. Uh, I have some friends in the ministry that have been talking about it. They've driven, uh, some of them have driven to the revival, have been there for a day or so. Uh, periods of time when they're just uh, prostrate on the floor confessing and calling out to God, other times when they're standing in song, in praise to God, many times when they're praying and seeking the Lord with all of their heart. And I suppose in time we will know exactly what all of that entails, what all of that brings about. We pray for revival, don't we? We pray for revival to start and to spread across our world. We are in desperate need of revival. One of the things that I know if revival comes, I'll know it's genuine, is when there is confession and there is repentance of our sins. Uh, there'll be a revival when we have people whose hearts are turning away from the things of this world and they're turning their hearts to the Almighty God. I have been reading over the last few weeks and studying in the book of Daniel uh, it's, uh, the first part of Daniel is uh, so enjoyable and easy reading, but filled with lots of stories. The last part of Daniel is much more technical, uh, much more detailed, and uh, filled with prophetic information. But as I've been reading through the book of Daniel, I've been reminding myself of something that, that Jeremy has reminded us of from the book that he's written uh, on the first part of Daniel, that God is in control. Uh, one writer says that it's heaven's rule, heaven rules. And she actually went through her Bible and every place that she recognized in the book of Daniel that it was telling us that heaven ruled, she put those letters HR beside those verses. I thought that was interesting as I've been studying through the book, how much you recognize that God is in control. I don't know if you, rec if you understand the significance of that, but it, but it means that we don't have to be anxious and worried and fearful every moment of every day about what's going on around us. We might not like all we see. We might not understand all that's going on. But we know that there's a God in heaven who has a plan. And he has a purpose. And it's all working together. And in the end, it'll all make sense, even if at this moment it doesn't make sense to us. And when you read the book of Daniel and you study the book of Daniel, you're taken up with the reality of the things that Daniel and the three Hebrew children had to deal with, being uprooted from their homeland, uh, being given different names because they were supposed to become like the Babylonians, take on the Babylonian culture. Uh, Daniel 
thrown into the lion's den, the three Hebrew children put into the fiery furnace, and the things that they had to experience. And you see it again and again that God was in control. Nothing happened apart from the control of the Almighty God. But what impressed me and what moved me recently in studying the book of Daniel was one of the prayers that Daniel offers in this book. It's found in chapter 9. You don't have to open your Bible there. But it's found in chapter 9. And I believe that if we're going to have revival, we're going to have revival in our church, we're going to have revival in this nation, I believe we're going to have to learn to pray like Daniel prayed in Daniel chapter 9. We're going to have to learn to confess our sins to God and confess the sins of our nation to God and call out to God for his mercy and for his grace and for a fresh visitation from heaven. And only God can give that. And only God can do that. I can't read all of the prayer. The prayer is too lengthy for me to read the whole thing in the few minutes that I have uh, this evening before we continue singing. But I want to read you a part of the prayer. And I want you to listen to Daniel as he's praying. Daniel is praying for himself, and he's praying on, beh on behalf of his people. And I want you to listen to his prayer. Daniel chapter 9, verse 4. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant in mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled. Even by departing from your precepts and your judgments, neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face, as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him. Can, can I read that verse again? To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of, of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yet all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. We have sinned against him. He goes on with his prayer. And sometimes I, sometime I would encourage you to make sure to stop and to read through Daniel chapter 9 and read through that incredible prayer. But let me ask you a question. Who prays like that anymore? Who prays with that kind of brokenness, that kind of sorrow, that kind of repentance, that kind of confession? Who prays like that anymore? 2020 was what they call in the church world the great reset. 
We learned a lot of things about ourselves and about others. We learned a lot of things about the world that we live in. We learned that there are some people that aren't as committed to Jesus as they need to be or as they should be because in the months and the years that have followed 2020, we still haven't seen them and we don't know where they are. It's the great reset. You're learning the the depth of people's commitment. You're learning the importance that the church plays in their lives. You're learning the significance of the word of God to them. You're learning a lot of things. I'm not their judge. You're not their judge. But the reality is until we as a people fall on our faces and we cry out to the God of heaven and we repent of our sins and we call for him to forgive us, ask, confess to him and ask for his forgiveness, we in this nation are never going to see the revival that we so desperately need. I pray that what's happening in, in uh, that uh, university and that seminary uh, is something that's genuine and that will continue to uh, spread and it will move beyond just where they are and it'll spread to churches like ours. But can I tell you, the church of Jesus Christ today is in desperate need of a revival. And it will not, it will not come until men like Daniel, people like Daniel, men and women, call out to God and say, oh God, you see our sins and you see the sins of our people. Lord, we confess our sins and we turn from our sins and we come back to you. And you become the priority of our hearts. You become the one that we obey. You are the one that we follow with all of our being. We seek you, Lord, more than we seek anything else in our lives. Lewisville World Baptist Church is one of the great churches in this community. And I'm thankful. We're not the only great church, but we're one of the great churches, in my estimation, in this community. But I'll stand before you tonight and tell you that Lewis Memorial Baptist Church desperately needs a reviving spirit from God and a revival spirit in our midst. We desperately need it. And it's not coming until we start praying like Daniel. Who prays like that anymore? Who gets on their faces and with tears running down their face? Who gets on their knees, not on your face, but who gets on your, their knees and with tears running down their face calls out to God in confession, Oh God, I have sinned against you and my people have sinned against you and call out to God for his mercy and for his forgiveness. Who prays like that anymore? I'll tell you where revival comes. Revival comes where people pray like that. I want us to bow our heads. I'm going to ask Mary to play just on the piano in the background. These next few moments before we do some more singing are opportunity for us to search our own hearts and say, Oh God, I want to be in tune with you and I want to be right with you. I want revival to begin with me. And I want to pray like Daniel. I've got good news for you, friends. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, to confess means to agree with God, to agree with what God says about us and about our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it's not going to happen until we get desperate for God, until we get desperate 
for a fellowship with God that is so deep and so real that it's absolutely unmistakable. And the communion with God grows so close because we draw close to him. James says he draws close to us. But that closeness has to begin with the confession, with the repentance of our own hearts. Tonight's a night of music and worship. And there is no better way for you to begin worship than by saying, oh God, cleanse my heart. Help me to obey you, to follow you with all of my being. Father, I see pictures of young people laying prostrate with their faces down to the carpet, calling out to you, praying for forgiveness and cleansing, seeking you with all of their being, all of their hearts, staying long hours, not leaving the chapel because there's a special sense of the Holy Spirit's presence and they don't want to leave it. I see pictures of them standing and singing, giving praise to you. It's not fancy. Just a piano, strum guitar. Songs that we sing here. Worship songs that we sing here. But it's not about the performance. It's not about the professionalism of the music. It's about a, a body of young people that are seeking you with all their hearts. Lord, I don't know what all will come from that. I pray that that spirit of revival will spread to our church and other churches and that, Lord, you will bring revival to America. And Lord, we stand before you or we sit before you or we kneel before you and we confess our own sins. Lord, we have both sins of commission and sins of omission. We have areas where we know what is right to do, but we don't do it. And James 4.17 says that's sin. When you know what is right to do and you don't do it, it's sin. And Lord, sometimes we have sins of omission that we don't even realize are sins, but we've drifted so far from you that we no longer sense that convicting work of the Spirit and I pray, Lord God, tonight that you'll help us to see that we're confessing and calling out to you and crying out to you for the cleansing that you promised us. Lord, we will never be out of relationship with you once we are your children, but we can be out of fellowship with you. And Lord, we want the fellowship to be renewed. Father, we pray for our nation. Our land is in trouble. 
Lord, I look at the catastrophes that are happening at various places across our own country, not around the world, just in America alone. And I can't help but wonder if it's not the chastening hand of the Almighty God. Father, I pray that you'll help us as a land to recognize the direction we are headed is not the direction of righteousness and holiness and godliness. It is not the direction of your salvation or of your sanctification. It is not the direction of your word and what you instruct us to do. Lord, day by day, the things we hear and the things we see disturb us more deeply at the very core of our being. And we watch as our children are being educated, not intentionally always, Sometimes just by osmosis, just listening to it and watching it go on around them, and it's affecting their own spiritual lives. Lord, there have been great awakenings that have taken place in America. The first great awakening, the second great awakening. Father, we pray for another great awakening. We wait before you. We confess our sins before you personally and nationally. We ask you, O oh God, to renew a right spirit within us. And Lord, we pray for our churches. We pray for our church. We pray for our people who need to come back to you, who need to lay aside the pettiness, who need to lay aside the pride, who need to come and say, this is my church family. Lord, we need to be burdened afresh and new for the lost neighbors and friends and co-workers that if they die without you tonight, they're going to an eternal hell. And we don't weep a tear over them. We don't pray a prayer over them. We don't offer to speak to them about the most important thing in life, knowing Jesus. Oh God, forgive us. Oh God, cleanse us. Help us to come back to the place where we recognize you. You are in control. You are getting our attention. And Lord, as we come back to you, we lay ourselves before you and we say, oh God, revive us again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Stand and take our hymnals. We're going to sing a medley of worship choruses. Number 83, number 83, number 86, and number 88. There is something about that name. Savior 
86, Jesus, the name above all names. sing about the love of God. Conclude the service by singing about the love of God. Love lifted me. And then we'll sing, oh, how he loves you and me. 508. Love lifted me in the first and last verses. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stayed within, sinking to rise no more.
349, oh, how he loves you and me. evening with an energetic song about the love of God. His love is a boundless love. There is not a mother, sister, friend, or brother loves the way that Jesus can. He proved his love for me when he died on Calvary. He gave his life for fallen Reaches down and touches me. His love, His love is an endless love that will last through all eternity. Jesus wants to love you. There is none above you. You are precious in His sight. He will never fail you. When clouds assail you, He'll be with you day. Wow. 